Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon, and I want to thank everyone who's joined our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Photo Taco. We have a thriving community of photographers that are willing to help each other out in that group. I want to thank you for making it be a fun and learning environment, not one where we are attacking one another or causing other problems. It's just a great place to be. Uh, It's grown enough that there's frequently people who will get to uh, answering questions and helping people before I have time to do it. And that's just wonderful. I love it. So thank you all for making that group so great. If you're not a member of that group, you're missing out and you should go join. I know some of you just don't want to do Facebook and that's fine. So you'll miss out on that part of it. Um, all right, I want to congratulate once again, Dan Fuentes, who was early Dan on iTunes. We mentioned that last week and won a free portfolio review from our contest that was run in July 2016. That review's all done, Dan. Sent it off to you. I hope it helps. Hope you enjoyed that, and thank you all for entering that contest. I think we'll probably do it again in a few months, so uh, stay tuned for that, and you'll be able to enter again. All right, the show today is going to be fairly short, so I do want to take a quick second and mention that if you aren't listening to the Improved Photography Podcast, you may not have heard the news that we're working on creating our first ever conference, an Improved Photography Conference. Uh, We don't have all the details yet. We don't know where. We don't know exactly when. Jim and Emily are hard at work on that, trying to get venues to respond to them and see if we can, where we can get in and and how we're going to arrange for this. But we think it's probably going to be in March 2017. And uh, we don't know how soon that'll be up, but the, the details of the conference will be coming pretty shortly as soon as we can get some stuff finalized. So stay tuned to all the podcasts on the Improved Photography Network and improvephotography.com will probably be the first place that you'll see it. Um, But listen to the podcast and stay tuned there. We'd love to have you come and join us at a conference. This is a little different. It will be a little different than a workshop. Uh, We have free workshops too that we do where we just all kind of arrange to meet at a location. We go out and shoot together. We have some minimal kind of in the daytime classroom education sorts of things. But uh, this conference will have a whole lot more of that and it should be a lot of fun. So be sure to look out for that information and join us. All right, let's get to the topic today, which is something I I love doing this type of podcast. This is a little lesser known feature of Lightroom. It's not going to take a ton of time to talk through it. Uh, In fact, I'll probably go into a little bit more detail than you all even need. But this come the idea came from Drew Monrad. And he said that he was listening to the Portrait Session podcast today. Uh, It was called the Post-Event Workflow. And he said, it looks to me like a Photo Taco episode on adjusting image capture, which he explained to me how to change the date, time, and Lightroom to get two cameras in sync, would be useful. The capture time. So before I tell you how to use the feature, because it's going to be very simple, um, let me go through the scenario where it might apply. Let's say that that, uh, you are a photographer at an event, and you're not alone. You're either primary or you're secondary, or there's maybe more than two of you. There are multiple people shooting the event. And the idea is one of you is going to edit the photos. You're not going to independently. You're not acting all on your own. You are together 
and the secondary or non-primary shooters are going to get their images back, their raw images, the original images, to the primary shooter, and he's going to edit them all. That's the plan. So you go, you all shoot, you get the files, and as the editor, that primary photographer is going through the photos, he's really annoyed because they're not on order. Even in Lightroom, even though he did the uh, order by date time taken, the time setting in the cameras was not the same. It could be minutes off or it could be time zone differences where it's hours off. And that's super annoying because when you order by date time, which is at least how I prefer to edit the photos, I want to have that film strip in the develop module or the library module. I want to have them ordered, shown in that order that they were taken. I like to edit through them that way. I like to be able to do it. And it's not just a preference thing. There's a practical thing to it too. You want to have the photos that look essentially the same. They're in the same lighting, that same location. You want to have them all together so that, and then when you changed something about it, whether it was lighting or location area you were at, whatever it might be, you you want to be, have all of them together and then the next chunk all together so that you can do your edits kind of all at once and you can copy settings across, you can copy white balance, whatever it is that you're needing to sync. It's, it's a practical thing that will help you speed up your workflow if you can get all of the same type of photo together in the same sequence. Um, and if your time is off, even if it's a few minutes, that can really mess that up. I've had this, I go... We go shoot family portraits here in Utah a lot. My wife and I do. So she's our second shooter. I do all the editing. She doesn't do any of the editing. And we never remember until I am cursing later <laughs> at the computer. Ah, oh, we didn't check to see if the date and time was close to the same. <laughs> and so, but I really shouldn't curse because it's trivial to change in Lightroom. It's pretty easy to figure out. And here's how you do it. So first thing is you need to figure out the difference. How many minutes or how many hours? What's the time, the difference in the time? And so usually when it's out of sync, it's only a few minutes. It's three or five, maybe seven minutes off at the most, if that. And so it's not very far, but it's enough to, again, make it disruptive about the groups of the shots that are the same being together. Now, I'll be shooting kind of the primary scenes of our family photos. And what my wife does is she gets little candids of the different shots at that same setting. So I may have the whole big family in the photo and I've got maybe some light stands set up and some flash and and I'm going to do all of that. And she's kind of running around with her camera and just zooming or going walking right up to him, you know, as I'm getting that whole scene set up and she'll be taking shots. So it's kind of nice to be able to do that and be able to have those things. Sometimes I even pull the detail out of her shots and put it onto my shot because the kid didn't smile or close their eyes or something like that. I need other information, so I might pull the shot. Anyway, it's nice to have them all together from that same scene. And then we may, after I kind of got a few and I say, okay, I think we got it, then we may move to a different spot and the lighting's changed and everything's different. And I like to be able to have those things grouped together. And we don't ever remember to sync our time, even though that probably be the very simplest thing you could do is take five seconds and synchronize the time settings in your camera. Uh, you know, just don't remember. There's too many other things going on for us to remember to do that. So, and, and fortunately, Lightroom makes that really simple. Here's what you do. So you you figure out what the time difference is. That's what we, we got to. How much time is different? 
Once you know what that is, now you need to select the camera that is furthest behind in time. And so you select the photos, you can do that with a filtering from the library module, that's how I do it. And so, and because my wife shoots an entirely different camera body than mine, I have, I shoot the Canon 70 Mark II and she shoots the Canon 60D. It's easy to say, just show me all of the, the shots that were taken from the 60D. Once I do that, then I can select them all. And then you need to go to metadata menu. Now this is not right clicking on the photos, which has a little bit of metadata stuff in there. There's like a, a little bit of menuing to talk about metadata. No, that is not how you get to this. The only way to get to this feature is through the menus, metadata menu. Okay, there's in Lightroom, in Windows, it's up at the top there. In uh, On Mac, it's in the, the also in the title bar of the Finder stuff at the top. Metadata. So you go to the metadata menu, and then you select Edit Capture Time. And that brings up a dialog box with three radio buttons. They kind of seem, the first two seem redundant to me. <laughs> but there's Adjust to a specific date and time. There's shift by a set number of hours, time zone adjust, and there's change to a file creation date for each image. I say it's redundant because I, the second option, all it does is add a, another box that says how many hours should the change happen. You could easily just go select the hour in the date timestamp, move it forward by whatever time it is and get the same effect. I, I don't understand why there's two of them, but regardless, they're there. What you want is the first one. You want to adjust a specific date and time. Now it's gonna have kind of below those three radio buttons it has an uh, old date and a new date, a new, an old time, new time. And it's gonna show in that box the, the date and time of the very first photo in your selection. If it's only one, obviously it's gonna be that one photo. If there's more than one, it's gonna show the date and time from the first photo that's been selected. Now you can just go and put in the new time field the time difference. If that camera was behind a little bit, then move it forward however long it was. Let's say it was three minutes, then you'd want to move it forward three minutes, right? And then that will catch it up to the time of the camera in front of it. And then you're going to hit the change all button. And it's going to go through all the photos that were selected and it's going to apply the same three minute forward that you did. So it's not gonna set it to the exact timestamp that you put it. It's gonna go and put the same difference in on every one of the photos. Now, there is a caveat or something to be aware of here. There's a little note that says, this operation cannot be undone next to that change all button. And the reason that warning is there is because this is one of the few times Lightroom is going to actually change the original file of the photo taken rather than just put it in its catalog, which is a database. It was another quick question that we had in Facebook. I think we answered it pretty well out there, but the question was kind of, what is a catalog versus like files on a file system, say in Windows or Mac, uh, a file out on the hard drive? What's a catalog compared to that? And we talked about in the Facebook group, they, they did a wonderful job on defining kind of what the differences are there. Lightroom is for the most part, it's a non-destructive editor. It's not changing anything about the actual file on your hard drive that is the photo. That's not true in Photoshop. It is going to absolutely change the file. It's a destructive editor, 
And because it can't, it's doing that, it can work, it works so differently, it can be faster. And there's, there's a lot, this could be a whole photo taco episode all on its own. And maybe I should do that. But the point is, this is one of the places in this metadata adjustments, this time uh, edit date, edit capture time, where it is going to Lightroom is not going to just log this in the catalog and put it in the database. It is going to go out to the photo on your hard drive and it's going to change the timestamp that's stored in the metadata part of the photo. So it's not going to change any of the graphics or the pixels or do any, anything that way. It's just going to change the metadata photo, which is exactly fine. You, you actually, it's kind of preferable, I think. If for some reason you need to change, put, move these photos somewhere else and you need the time, you, you'd like the time change to go with it. That's great. So I don't think you should be too nervous about that change all button, but it does mean it is going to actually reach out to the original files and it's going to touch those and it's going to change that date time metadata value inside the photos. So that's why it says the operation cannot be undone. Once it's finished, it has no idea what to change it back to. Nobody logged that off. It's not, it's not like it's making a note in anywhere about that. It can't go change it back. So once you do it, it's done and it can't change it back. And that's, but that's okay. That's not something you care about at this point. So you've changed them. Now they're all updated. And now when you show date time uh, order in develop module or library, uh, it's going to look normal. It's going to be just like your times had been synchronized at the beginning of the session. And it's beautiful. <laughs> all right. So there you go. Little less note feature. There's other metadata things you can do too. And if you've never checked out the metadata menu, you might want to go see what's under there and see what there is. There, there's some other things that you can do with the metadata and kind of a batch mode to everything that's selected that you may not have known about. So it's worth going to check out. And this is one of the features that's there. And I hope that answers your question, uh, Drew. I hope that that made it clear to you what it is that uh, they may have alluded to. I can't remember, like I said in the podcast, how that came up, but there you go. That's how you do it. That's it for this episode. I told you it would be quick and it, it was a little faster than normal. As always, I do encourage you to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network. We talked about portrait sessions today, but there's also Tripod for the nature photography enthusiast. And Improved Photography is the start of it all and is where we talk about a lot of different topics always changing. In fact, even the hosts are changing. It's a really fun podcast. You need to check it out. Also, make sure you are heading over to the mothership at improvephotography.com. Without the website, none of our podcasts would be around or could exist. You need to go there, support the podcast by going to improvephotography.com. Plus, you get lots of information. There's news and gear and photo tip articles. I put out warnings about potential uh, problems with Adobe updates or with uh, Mac or Windows updates. There's a lot of stuff out there that you need to be checking out. They're doing a really great job on some fascinating or uh, really good articles out there on improvephotography.com. It is the best way to improve your photography. The views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!